Recording in progress. Welcome back to another episode of Working Class Fishing. I'm John Morris. I think down here is Brian Keachley and our guest, the illustrious Dust Off Fishing, Brandon Heimrichs. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. Been, wa been waiting for you to call me, man. Well, Jeez. Dave, there's always these scheduling conflicts, you know, between you flying helicopters and catching slobs. It's kind of hard to get a hold of you sometimes. <laughs> I am a busy, busy person. Yes. I would. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, just watching over the past year, uh, uh, seeing everything that you've been doing. Uh, and, and for us, we've talked about it over and over and over again, like, we got to get Brandon on. We got to get Brandon on. We got to get Brandon on. And it's like, Hey, I'm busy. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I got, you know, work to do everything else. And then, uh, when John let me know last week, he's like, Hey, Brandon's down at any time. I was like, well, let's get him on. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be here. Glad you guys called me. Dude. So you can go ahead and do whatever you gotta do. Um, we met, I guess it was a year ago. And I've got to say, not not to start this out on like a, you know, a tearjerker, but you were like the first person like outside of my family to believe in me. And I, that, that meant a lot. So just being where I am now is a lot because of you. And I'll go into some things that you said uh, that we can say on here. And um they just just thanks like you are like an incredibly humble and positive icon in the fishing community so thank you so much for that dude i appreciate it man and i appreciate your friendship so it's all i need well brandon dave why don't you sorry my cat's coming up here why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so uh my name is brandon um it is a little misleading because my handle is dust off fishing and people generally think that my uh, name is Dustin or Dusty, which it is not. Um, and so just to give people insight of where that comes from in army uh, aviation, dust off is uh, the call sign for medical evacuation. So I did a medevac tour with the army in 2012 to Afghanistan. And then I did another tour to, tour to Iraq and, uh, 2018 and, and 19. So uh, I'm from mid-Missouri. Uh, you know, I've lived in Missouri my whole life. Uh, Midwest guy through and through for sure. Uh, minus army assignments to, to places unknown, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm married. I got a 12-year-old little girl. She turns 13 in May and uh, fly helicopters, like you said, and getting ready to leave for a school in Pennsylvania. And it just seems like uh, I've either been at school or fishing or Instagramming or, you know, dadding basically this whole year. Um, and I did start my, uh, my Instagram page, November 6th of 2020. Yeah, it's been, uh, wow. I mean, just in the time, uh, from the time that I got to meet you, uh, and, and we all kind of came together, this, this great fishing community that we have, uh, on Instagram, we all came together. And I remember, I think you were like, you know, if, if we're going to talk about followers and social media, I think you may have been at like six or 700 followers. And I may have been at like a hundred and you're like, Hey dude, really like your stuff, you know? And it was like, 
who is this guy? He's super cool. And then I go on your profile and, and here's a, uh, you put up a picture of like uh, an Apache and then the next picture is like, you know, you with this big, large mouth bass. And then the next picture is like of your kayak and then your boat. And I was like, dude, this guy's like all over the place. He's, he's so busy, but he always makes time to say, Hey, what's up to everybody. And you know, uh, whether, whether it's just dropping like a thumbs up emoji or something, it's like, this comes from this person and he's putting in the time and effort, even if it takes a second to hit boom, boom, done, or hit a like or whatever, this is coming from this person. And I'm like, how, how does he have the time? Uh, and, and then, yeah, having a family and everything. So one of my first question is, is, uh, how, how do you manage doing all of this stuff? Uh, basically organization and a system. So, um, you know, I have my drafts done the day before, so I don't have to think about what I'm posting the next day. Uh, I'll try to get up and post at the same time every day. So people will have that consistency for me. Uh, you're right. I do try to comment or reply to comments almost every time. And I, I get close. I'm not perfect, but you know, I feel like, especially people that take time to comment on my things, I feel like I should reciprocate that. And some of that falls off and ebbs and flows between, you know, people that used to comment, comment on my stuff, don't comment anymore. And, and that's fine because um, one, I don't want you to feel obligated to, to comment on anything that I do. And two is I understand that people have, like you said, we're all busy. We all have things going on. And sometimes parts of your, you know, year, month, day are busier than others. So I've had to kind of learn um, when you get more people to follow your page, you get less and less time to do and, and focus on, you know, small things. And so I've really tried to have some, um, perspective and balance. And I haven't been able to get to as many people's posts and, and I haven't been able to follow back as, as many people, because you gotta understand if I give you a follow back, if I followed everybody who followed me, I'd, I'd be following 12,000 people. And then I wouldn't have time for anyone. You know what I mean? So really, I guess to answer your question, it's just organization, um, a system and then attitude and effort. I always tell my daughter, I want two things from you. I want attitude and effort. And if you give me those two things, I'm happy. Dude, so <clears throat> recently, you, you, uh, you know, Brian said kayak. You've been hitting the kayak fishing game pretty hard, dude. <clears throat> you just picked up a, um, a pretty significant partnership with, um, oh, man, it, it just, it, it, Echo, right? So Dave, yeah. do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I'm uh I'm officially on the new canoe pro staff team for the central region, which I'm one of three people they have on that uh team. And I developed that through a partnership with Eco Fishing and specifically two people. Uh one of the owners is Caleb Braun and the manager of the Lake Ozark store in Camdenton, which is uh Travis Randall. And so just like with anything else, just with like, you know, I always tell people, um, I know that I don't have this sponsorship with new canoe and eco because of my fishing, uh, pedigree, you know, I, I, I am 
I'm smart enough to realize that they see an investment in my basically advertising pull, marketing pull for their product. And, and I'm okay with that, you know? So um, what I ended up doing was um, I got on a, I got on a podcast like this with a guy uh, named Carlos Torres who <laughs> on star kayak fishing, I think. Yeah. And he was working for eco fishing shop at the time. Well, Travis watched that episode and then he got a hold of me through Carlos and we had a conversation where he said, you know, I want to bring you on in some capacity. I'm not sure what that is. I need to talk to the owner and, you know, I'll get back to you. And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. You know, and I didn't think it was going to be anything crazy, you know, and I hadn't heard for, I didn't hear from him for like months, like maybe a month and a half, two months. And he calls me up out of the blue and he's like, Hey, um, you want to go to dinner with uh, me and Caleb, which is the owner. And I said, yeah, I'd love to, you know, and I went out to dinner with them and I did exactly what I'm doing here. Uh, I talked entirely too much and, um, <laughs> you know, apparently Caleb and I hit it off pretty good. And what, what was, what's my most proud of thing. And I don't take credit for anybody else's success. Okay. So I don't take credit for any of Ryan's successes or Jake's or Garrett's or Mason's or, or anybody, Jonathan's, but, you know, we've developed this eco fishing team crew and, you know, he asked me, Hey, who do you think would be good for this uh, team? And, you know, and I gave him a couple names and I said, they'd probably be interested. I had no idea it was going to go to this level, you know? And so uh, like I tell everybody else, I'm really focusing hard on getting my fishing to catch up with my Instagramming so that I can be a little more, uh, a better fisherman basically, and kind of live up to the hype. So you see me on the water a lot. You'll see me out, uh, in the, in the kayak a lot, because that I feel is, you know, kind of like you went to the fly tying, you know, sometimes your path is just shown to you. You know, you kind of get on the, you kind of get on the, the journey and then, you, you, you know, you don't know which way you want to go boat fishing, kayak fishing, fly tying, bait making, whatever. And, you know, the path kind of shows itself to you. And I found that the kayak fishing, I still fish out of boats and I still like to boat fish, but the kayak fishing is kind of my niche and it has shown itself to me. And so uh, I'm really going to take that and run with it over the next couple of years and see where we can go with it. Well, you talk about your, you know, fishing pedigree, uh, not being caught up, but when the, the thing that I see a lot of is, is that you're using a, a, you know, a lot of different baits, a wide variety of baits, tackle, uh, techniques, uh, you're fishing year round, everything else. I, I, I guess I just, uh, you know, in, in regards to sponsorship, I would almost say that just based on the fact that you're catching fish all four seasons of the year, it's not looking too bad. Yeah. So, um, thanks Brian. I, um, I fished with a friend of mine named Russ. Uh, we fished a couple tournaments and, you know, like, like John said, I try to, I try, try to stay humble. I try to have perspective and self-awareness and I try to focus and fix my weaknesses as much as I possibly can. And so, you know, Russ told me one time, he said, dude, you're a better fisherman than you think you are, you know? And, and I, and I really appreciate Russ for saying that, but, you know, kind of like um you know you want to get to the top of the mountain you 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 kind of have to feel like you've got work to do regardless of whether you actually have work to do or not you always have to feel like the next guy's out working you 
he's doing more than you are. He's on the water right now and it's snowing outside and you're sitting in your house comfortable, you know? And so that, that was my goal this year was, you know, this winter I was going to take it. I was going to take it seriously. I was going to, I was going to only fish for bass and because it's easy to get into uh, a situation where you're like, you know, the bass aren't biting. So I'm just going to crappie fish or I'm just going to bluegill fish or, you know, catfish because those fish are more willing participants in the winter than, than bass are. And I just said, no, nah, I'm not doing that this year. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to catch bass or I'm going to skunk. And, and I skunk sometimes, but only once or twice, you know, and I, I'm proud of that. You know, that, that was, that was one of my main goals this, this winter was to catch fish all year round. So it was a, it was a good learning experience for sure. So what are, what are some techniques that you picked up recently or overall that you just kind of jive with? I mean, are you, are you a big jig guy now? Are you a lot of finesse fishing? Are you beating banks? Are you, are you offshore now? Like what's, what are you keying in on if you want to share that? I know that's a really broad question, but what's your, what's your kind of go-to comfortable spot right now? Well, I think when, when anybody starts, they start on spinning tackle and they start on finesse because that's what's the most comfortable for most people to fish, you know, uh, Senkos and Ned rigs and, and uh, you know, worms and Texas rigs and stuff like that are like kind of basic level fishing. You throw it out, you let it sink to the bottom, you hop it back a couple times and, and you know, you catch a fish. But um, I, I progressed into really enjoying uh, flipping brush and cover, uh, river fishing, kind of sliding and skipping into undercut banks and finding kind of the hard to get to fish over this last summer. And then uh, I was really not good at uh, jerk baits. So uh, I went with Russ and he taught me how to fish a jerk bait. And I went from hating jerk baits to almost exclusively throwing them in the winter time uh, this winter. And it, and obviously I was very successful with that application. And it's definitely a tool in my tool bag now as we, you know, move in to the, the fishing season. But I gravitate more towards um, honestly just letting the fish tell me what the technique is that I need to apply. And so what I mean by that is I'll beat the banks, but if they're not at the banks and I'm graphing fish deep, then I'm going to go with a jig and wrap or a drop shot uh, and or a spoon and try to catch, you know, some of those deeper fish or a football jig and drag it, you know, down in the, down on those uh, deep points. But, you know, that's kind of like fishing one-on-one. Like everybody says jerk baits in the winter, you know, everybody says you're going to throw shaky heads or wacky rigs or big swim baits on bed fish in the spring or cranks, uh, red cranks right about now, pre-spawn they're feeding up, you know, so <laughs> I'm sticking to a lot of the, the well-known stuff. It's not a secret what I'm doing. That's, that's the key that I, I want to tell people is like, and kayak fishermen are kind of like this versus bass boat fishermen is uh, we'll kind of share, you know, what's working for us. You know, I posted a couple of days ago, the top three jerk baits that I had this winter, you know, and I know people that have bought those jerk baits and then caught fish on them. A good fish, like 21 inch fish, you know? So 
Um, if you if you subscribe to my YouTube or you uh, follow me on Instagram, you're definitely going to know what I'm fishing. And one of the reasons why I do that, and last point on this, is because I can look at uh, March of last year and see what I was catching fish on, and it's a chronological documentation of how I catch fish, where I catch fish, you know, and I can go, oh yeah, uh, about this time last year, I caught a, I caught some really nice bass on a Texas rig creature bait made by Morrison Sons Custom Baits. <laughs> so I'll just tie one of those on and go catch me a big old bass. Yeah, that's that's the cool part of, um, and I was looking at that uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back through my photo archive. Uh, when did I start seeing the bluegill like actually show? Cause I, uh, I'm a panfish fanatic on the fly. Um, so I, I go back, I'm like, all right, I got, I got March 30, 30th of last year around here. And that's when we, I actually started seeing them. So I, I totally get what you're saying with having that chronology of, of like, okay, when did I start catching these fish on what bait? And, and that's like, okay, they're going to start eating on the surface or, you know, they're going to be eating subsurface or they're going to be willing to chase. So that's, that's a, a really solid way to use your photos and your, and your, you know, photo journal documentation of like what's working, what's going on. Um, the, the kayak community, uh, and, and you were talking about, you know, the kayak community really shares a lot of information in and amongst itself, where as maybe, uh, and, and we're talking about the boating bass community here versus the guys that go out and they buy the big tracker, you know, the Lund or whatever else. And those guys kind of like, Hey, I'm not going to tell you what I'm catching fish on. Um, in, 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 in the mind of bass fishing in my world, it doesn't like make sense because it's like, you know, the bass, you know, whatever, but, <laughs> but for you guys, that's, that's like your main sport fish. Um, have you noticed, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say contention, but, uh, do you run into any issues with the bass boat guys versus the kayak guys when you're out there fishing? Very, very rarely. And I think it's mostly just because people don't understand etiquette, you know, and it's kind of like walking in front of somebody's putt line, you know, you just don't do it. It's kind of the same thing as you don't just drive a bass boat up on the, uh, you know, between me and the point that I'm working towards, you know, and fish just because I'm in a, you know, some people like to say like a Lego land boat or a plastic, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I get a little haterade on, uh, on Instagram and just very little stuff. Most of the boater issues is not like fishing boaters. It's these, you know, pleasure boaters. I don't yeah. like the those come by on their wake boats, you know, 20 feet from me and you know, that's, that's really the most of the issue. And what's great about like, um, Instagram and, 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 um, you know, being with like a company like motion, most of the people that are with motion fishing are, um, Missouri anglers that fish out of bass boats around here. And so, you know, you kind of get an appreciation, you get to know people that, that do a different, um, level of fishing than you do. And you kind of get a, an understanding and an appreciation for, you know, what they do as well so yeah i mean <clears throat> just touch on the the whole you know weight boats and stuff <clears throat> dude that's just i mean that's pretty dangerous to kayak fishermen specifically yeah. i mean that's that could kill a man you know that yeah i mean it's yeah it's bad etiquette but that I don't know, man. They, I uh, feel like something ought to be said about that. You know, like, I, I don't think dudes are just 
thinking like that and how they're out there to enjoy the water just like everyone else but they they, they can seriously they, they can kill someone in a kayak especially a, a less experienced person you know heaven forbid they're not wearing a pfd or something like that yeah i got flipped last year on tanny como so <laughs> been there yeah. Yeah, we, we have um, actually, so uh, our Marine Board here, and I don't know if it's similar in Missouri or, or Texas for that matter, John, but our Marine Board's actually designated uh, different places where you can go and water ski, and then there's places where you can't, because generally the, the, the wakeboarders and the water skiers, they're going to be in a boat that generates a lot of wake. That's what makes it fun. Uh, but, um, they have their designated areas where they're supposed to actually like go to, um, and, and it makes me curious uh, on, on some of the lakes, do they have some of those restrictions in place where it's like, Hey, this is a no wake, you know, area that, like where you can go play. And then there's like a place where, you know, the, the paddle, uh, sport folks can go play or the, you know, the people that don't want to get thrown around like a ragdoll. Yeah, just like uh, no wake zones, but you know, generally, like you're as you're well aware, a lot of the best fishing is on main lake points, and they don't have uh, no wake zones on main lake points. So uh, usually, the no wake zones are in like pockets, you know, or marinas, little, little marinas, yeah, marinas pockets. But yeah, no, that's where I that's where I find most of the boat traffic that that annoys me is on those main lake situations so so talking about jerkbait fishing that's uh something you're really enjoying right now what what's your preferred kind of rod setup for that yeah so uh medium fast tip six foot six to seven foot um what's kind of strange is um i've used i used three different rods and I think they all kind of have different applications, if you will, like different locations. So I like a longer rod on a bigger lake with less current. And I like a shorter rod uh, on a river with more current. Um, and I like, I like a little more stiffness on that, on that lake because what will generally happen is you'll have longer cast. So longer cast means more line between you and the, the lure, which means that if you want to get the action on the bait, um, that a little more stiffness helps with that. So, I mean, some rods companies have a different version of medium than others. So um, what's kind of interesting is I like, uh, my favorite jerkbait rod is actually a, um, a St. Croix Bass X rod that I bought. It was my first one, it's six foot six, medium. Uh, got a lot of, it's got a real quick tip but I actually have a medium uh, moderate by old 18 that I like for the, for that lake application. So that big fish I just caught, the one you guys, like I made a reel about it, a, a, I don't know, a few days ago. I caught that one on that moderate. Uh, and, and I know moderates aren't, it's like a, it's not moderate, it's like moderate fast. So it's like just, it's between, you know, moderate and fast. It's like a moderate fast, but um I like that because it's a little more forgiving uh, on the bite. So you're not like ripping hooks out of fish's mouths or stuff like that. So, 
So I, I watched one of your videos and, uh, you, you know, you were, you were throwing the jerk baits, uh, quite a bit, but you also took an a rig with you and, and a rigs uh, to me that we we've used those in the past offshore, uh, for doing like salmon fishing and things like that are very similar a rig. Um, but, but it's different how you guys use it versus how we use it. Uh, now the concept of the a rig putting out a school of fish, essentially, from what I understand, um, uh, when you're, when you're pitching that out, what, what kind of rod are you using for that? Cause that looks like a heavy setup. Yeah. Uh, heavy action rod seven, three to seven, nine. Um, you know, um, I actually use this, the glide bait rod I have for that a rig, if I can help it. Um, because it throws up to three ounces, you know, you, I generally use one eighth ounce jig head. So if you take, you know, if you have five of those, then you're already at five eighths and whatever the bait weighs and whatever the rig weighs. So you're easily over an ounce. So I was, yeah, I was just generally the longer the rod, the better, just because the longer the cast. And then, um, like that, I was telling you guys that Dobbins Fury I have, which is a seven, nine medium heavy but it's like a medium extra heavy. So it's not um, quite as stiff as a heavy. It'll handle up to three ounces. And I really like throwing it on that. And I'll throw, uh, generally speaking, a six, six to one and 20 pound floral. So with your, with your line selection, um, <clears throat> I used to use just, you know, straight floral or uh, braid for my topwater stuff. Do you size down your fluorocarbon for moving bait or is, do you have like a standard that you always go to? I know I do size down. So I like, uh, if I get away with jerk baits, I like eight pound test because it gets the bait deeper and it gets better action. Um, crank, crank, honestly, it's like the lightest line I can get away with. I'll use just because it gives the bait more action and it gets to the lower end of the of the depth spectrum that it, you know, is supposed to be at, but, um, that's kind of what I, I ended up doing last week was I, I took off every reel I had off every rod and I relined all of them. And one of the things I learned was I used to, I used to fish a lot of braid to fluoro and now I only do that on spinning tackle because, well, that's not true. I also do it on, um, on my jig rod. Uh, but, um, but that's a story for another time. But anyway, but what I learned is, is you create another point of weakness in the line by doing, you know, a double uni or whatever it is that you do to connect those. And I've lost fish, like tournament placing fish on a leader break with a braid to floral leader. So if I can get rid of that and eliminate just that extra part of the weakness in the line, then I, I do that. So we talked about it. Um, I do, I do, like you had said, recommend the mono backing for a lot of that stuff. Just one, because the spool, it, you know, it holds onto the spool. So you don't like, if you put braid just on a spool, it'll slip and that's not good. And then, and then you can save money because mono is a lot cheaper than fluorocarbon. And you can use, you can use some big mono too. Like you don't have to match your pound or your diameter. You can, for backing, you can be whatever size you want. Yeah, so what I do, and I, I'm actually doing it right now, is I, I just buy this Omniflex yeah. from Walmart, and it's like four bucks, and this is 15-pound test. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Is that what you're using for backing on your fly rods, John? No, I use, so I use 30 pound backer on. Yeah. On, uh, because you can't use, if you use straight mono, um, with IGFA, technically you have like a hundred foot leader. Yeah. So they won't recognize world records <laughs> if you yeah. don't have backing in an actual leader. Yeah. So <laughs> go ahead, John. I was just going to say, not that I'm after world records or anything, but <laughs> State you know, if, if the chance presents itself. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, the technical aspects of uh, what you're doing with different types of uh, presentations and stuff, but um, one thing I, I tend to ask a lot of folks, uh, it, well, some, some, we never get the chance to, but, uh, when you're looking at your tackle box, which we know that we're like tackle freaks, we love to have lots of tackle boxes, but if you were going to build just the most basic tackle box, let's say, uh, uh, young, young person getting ready to go out and do some fishing, everything else. Um, if you were going to put five lures, like you're going to go down to Walmart, get five lures, what would those five lures be that you would recommend? Square bill, um, spinner bait, um, Stinko, because Stinkos you can basically hook any way. So I'm, I'm just going to assume we're talking like uh, not Texas rig or wacky rig or any of that other stuff. And uh, rooster tail and um, like a whopper plopper and the reason i picked all those is because they're basically all cast and retrieve baits so they're you know they're easy uh for kids to use and they're all really really good baits and they also kind of work under various applications so if it's windy or if it's calm or you know if it's calm then you can use finesse if it's windy you can throw a spinner bait you know if you got a lot of trees you can use that square bill rooster tails work for everything <laughs> so yeah and then topwater who i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna have like an iconic topwater lure you know the whopper plopper is probably the best one so dude so we jumped right into this podcast and we we skipped some questions that we typically ask people <laughs> i guess because we already know you but dude how did you get started fishing uh, yeah, so uh, I have a family cabin at Lake of the Ozarks, and um, my grandfather big into fishing, crappie fishing, and we would stop at a, uh, a Greer's Bass Pro gas station on the way down to the lake, and we'd pick up crawdads, and then we'd set out the crawdads overnight, and you know, it's kind of like Christmas. You come down and see what's on the end of your line when you wake up, which I used to love waking up and checking the, the poles. And um, anyway, when I was in high school, I got a chance to go on a trip to Canada with my wrestling team. So I went to Canada with my wrestling coach and some other people and uh, went up into the Boundary Waters and fished the Quetico and, and really enjoyed that. And then I spent the next 20 years um, paying no attention to fishing whatsoever and, you know, having a life and a family and a job and and um doing other things and then when i i'd always thought real fondly of that trip so i 
I ran into a buddy of mine who takes a trip every year to that same place. And so when I got back from Iraq, I said, you know what? Uh, enough time has passed. I'm going to, I'm going to do this because, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So I did the trip and that kind of got me back into the fishing bug a little bit. And what ended up happening was uh, I ended up going back to Canada and then I uh, had a neighbor at the lake at, at the family cabin who had a lifetime Tamarack kayak. And I said, Hey man, do you, uh, do you care if I borrow that? And he's like, Hey, whenever you're down, you want to use it, you can use it. So I started fishing out of a lifetime Tamarack kayak and I kind of got the kayak fishing bug and the rest is history. So. Oh, that's super cool yeah, that you I, came I mean, back around to it. Well, I, you know, I tell, I tell people all the time, like, you know, um, everything that I know about fishing, I've learned in about 18 months. You know, really, I mean, I've been fishing my whole life, but I never really cared to pay that much attention to things like line size, spools, gear ratios, depths, graphs. You know, hell, I, I fished with the, the founder of kayak bass fishing and didn't even know who he was. So, you know, but that's just me, man. I just, I just, I, I'm doing what I love to do. I, I make no apologies for, you know, being good or bad at what I do. Everybody's on their own journey. And just because you haven't been fishing since you're eight years old and been in tournaments since you were eight, doesn't mean that you can't go enter a fishing tournament and win one. You know, if the game was already decided before you had the game, then why would you play it? Exactly, dude. Yeah, we talk a lot about that, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not just for, you know, the people that, that have, you know, somebody there, like you had, you had your mentor, you know, John and I, we had our mentors and, and that helped to really foster that experience along, especially when you're young and you get to go out and do this, but um, just, just to do everything that you've done and come back to it. That's super cool. And um, I, I can only imagine uh, it is your uh, daughter and wife into doing this stuff too? No, not really. Um, no, I'm kind of on an island with my, with my, uh, I've, I married a person who is my exact opposite. So, you know, where I like to go out and adventure and spend a lot of money and, and, you know, fly helicopters and do dangerous things. She likes to stay in the house and, you know, build her little nest and, and uh i mean don't get me wrong they they go fishing with me occasionally but it's not i can't just go fun fish when we're out there like i've got to you know i've got to give them the rod and show them what to do and like anyway you know my my wife just as soon just take a worm and a bobber and go out there and sit and relax you know and that's just not how i that's just not how i roll so uh, you gotta you gotta have somebody that compliments you i think and she does a really good job of that my, my daughter is, is very kind of artsy fartsy. So she likes to, she likes to draw and play piano and, and uh, she does like to do stuff with her dad, but I, I don't think it's that she likes to fish. She just likes to spend time with me. She, she does take your best photos though. I mean, yeah. She, well, does, she does a darn good job. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, so. Like Oh, go ahead. I was just say she likes that stuff. She likes taking pictures and making videos, and and uh, she's got uh, 
tons of movies she's made in iMovie. So I'm pretty soon I'm going to have my own video editor, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah, which that's fine. I mean, hey, if you don't want to fish, but you want to edit my videos. Cool. <laughs> Dude. What is your most memorable fish, whether it's the one that got away or the one you caught? <clears throat> if, if you think of the fish up to this point, what is it? <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, obviously, so my P, uh, my PB is, is the fish, my PB largemouth, but the way I caught it was, um, was like, part about it because uh, I was fishing with a rock craw rock crawler which is a Spro RK50 crawdad crankbait and I was I was absolutely murdering fish that day like it was like bass thumb everywhere 20 30 40 fish you know and I go to this place I've never fished before I mean the lake I'd fished before but this spot I'd never fished before and I threw that rock crawler out and you know how like the trebles will like get stuck on the bill and then the line gets stuck in the treble yeah. and then mm -hmm. it wobbles it wobbles back to you on top of the water you know so i did that and it started wobbling to me you know i was pissed because you know i had this anyway so about three feet after it started wobbling back to me the biggest top water blow up i've ever seen in my life happens and it <laughs> it's a five and a half pound largemouth, like oh. dead. And I didn't even mean to catch it. And for whatever reason, the fish gods were smiling down on me and somehow I got a treble hook in that fish's mouth. You know, like I waited, I let it take the bait. I set the hook, I caught the fish, I put it in the net. And uh, it was the biggest fish I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, up to that point, I think my PB was probably three and a half or three pounds, you know, so had this huge head, big, long body, probably 23 inches, you know, and, uh, and I caught it on accident. So, I mean, again, we go back to this whole thing, like you can do everything right and catch nothing, or you can do everything wrong and catch the best thing you've ever caught. I don't know how many fish I've caught by throwing a, a lure out and it's soaking because I got a backlash and I'm fixing my backlash and, you know, catch a fish. So, and that's one of the funniest parts about fishing is like I learned this winter, I threw a jerk bait out, I let it sit because this guy told me he caught a fish on a rock crawler. So I threw the jerk bait out and I was like, oh, you caught it on a rock crawler and let it sit. And I started tying on the rock crawler, you know, and that jerk bait's out there. And the next thing I know, I see my rod tip just like doing this, like, you know, like, you know, going down and up and down and up and down and up. And I look behind yeah. me and a spotted bass had just, I didn't even work the jerk bait. I just threw it out there and it sat and the spotted bass caught itself. <laughs> wow. And I told uh, that guy that I've been skunked all day and I just accidentally caught this fish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So just, yeah, you just gotta slow down in the winter. They just want it, they just want it stopped, you know. So uh there in Missouri, I, I know you guys have quite a few fish species, but uh, out of all the species that you've fished for in Missouri, let's say you're targeting one species, what, what was your most unexpected catch while out doing that? Yeah, I, um, well, I caught a 21 inch walleye on a jerk bait. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of that one. 
Yeah, I, I honestly had no idea what I had on the end of my line. So that was that was fun. Um, I also caught a, uh, a 11 pound blue cat on a spoon. <laughs> and I caught that on like an ultralight rod. So that was that was pretty fun too. I love I love catfish. I love catching catfish. But the process of being a cat fisherman, I hate. And what I mean by that is I want to catch a bunch of shad and cut them up and have like a blood board on my boat. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. that's dirty and messy. I don't like cleaning fish, you know, so, but I like catching catfish. I just don't like the, you know, the messiness of, I mean, if I do fish for catfish, which I do occasionally, I'll just throw a live bluegill on there on a circle hook, you know? Yeah. And take my chances that way instead of cutting them all up and all that other stuff dude that's that's the way to do it because <laughs> a whole a whole live gill has a lot better chances of catching a whole lot of other stuff than just cut bit <laughs> yeah oh yeah i, I caught um you know flathead catfish love those those bluegills so and flatheads are really fun to catch too so i dig it Dude, I mean, you've also caught some absolute giant trout. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have. I, you know, and I don't know what, I think I've texted you before, John, and said, hey, I caught this trout. It's 23 inches. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, that's, that's double my PB. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had no idea. You know, I'm just up here flinging a jig and, you know, with my little, uh, G Loomis IMX trout stick, you know, with my uh, Abu Garcia Zata reel and my six pound fluorocarbon, just minding my own business. And what's weird about trout is like, you know, I know that trout, trout fishermen and fly fishermen, you know, you guys have this whole thing about indicators and they're not bobbers and, you know, and they're bobbers. They're bobbers. <laughs> you guys, you, you you get all worked up about stuff and that's fine. I get it. You know? but what's crazy is like, I'll, I'll be this, I'll be this guy who's in a tracker. I don't know if you guys can see the boat back there, but I'll be in a tracker. Yeah. You know, on this trout fishery, this world famous trout fishery, I'm out there in my tracker with my spinning tackle and I'm pulling in, you know, like 23 inch trout and these dudes with their, you know, drift boats and their, flies and they're bobbers and they're all looking at me like i'm crazy so i kind of take some i take some i take some pleasure in that if i'm being honest with you yep i no, mean you, i would you should yeah i would <laughs> me, fishing is fishing you know uh i've seen some of the i've seen some of the best fit you know people I, sometimes we just overcomplicate it you know we get in our own heads and we're like you know we have to buy this next bait and this next bait because that's going to work. And that's going to, you know, and you just, you end up with a shelf full of baits that you're not using right now, you know, because you, you thought that you needed something when, you know, sometimes just a, you know, a worm and a hook is all you need. So, but yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that, uh, that trout story. <laughs> yeah. If, if that was here in the PNW and you caught it in the river, it would classify as a steelhead. Literally uh, anything bigger uh, in certain systems, anything longer than 20 inches is considered a steelhead. Uh, so that, that's a, that's a considerably large trout. Now, was it in the lake or a river? 
Yeah, so it's a lake, but it's it fishes like a river. So it's got current. What's what's crazy about this lake is um, it is like I said, fishes like a river, but it's also like I think fifty five degree water year round. Oh, so it never fluctuates beyond you know a couple degrees all year long. So when I told you I got flipped at Tanicomo in the summer, I got flipped into fifty five degree water in the middle of the summer. It was yeah. quite, it was quite frosty, yeah. if you know what I mean. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, um, it does like, it has a dam and it pushes water and, you know, um, they stock this lake. It's, it's also, I think at the state or maybe the, the, the United States record for brown trout, I think it was like 38 pounds or something like that mm. in this river. So I, I could tell John, I live an hour's drive from you know, basically a world-class fishery for bass, a world-class fishery for uh, trout. And uh, we have a musky lake, you know, 30 minutes north of me. So, uh, yeah, man, I'd be on those. <laughs> you couldn't I've get never, me off that lake, dude. Yeah, I'd be on there 24-7. I've never caught a muskie either. I'm just, I'm too scared to try. They call them the fish of 10,000 casts. And I don't know if I have 10,000 casts worth of, of patience, you know. You got to break it up over multiple days, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of divide and conquer. I did. Uh, I went musky fishing for the first time a couple of years ago with, uh, I, I had a friend that moved to Wisconsin and we went out there for like nine hours. We're just grinding, you know, so you're talking about like heavy action rods and we're throwing big stuff out. And I, I know I've told this story before. We're just cast, 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 cast. We're beating brush. We're beating bank, everything else, just like bass fishing. No, all of a sudden it's like, it's like hours of boredom's met with like, you know, three minutes and nothing but raw raging fury. Cause this fish with like a Leviathan mouth comes up and it's like done. And it clamps onto this huge bait and you're like, Whoa, where'd that thing come from? This place is a mud pit, you know, and there's this huge fish. And then you cast, 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 cast. You're like, Oh, my arm hurts. I'm gonna have to drink a lot of beer tonight, you know, to get over this so I can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, and then it's like another one, but you only get a couple of fish for like nine or 10 hours of fishing. It's like well, severe dedication. I would do that. I would do that once or twice, you know, a year, but you know, I've seen those bucktail jigs or those bucktail spinners, like with the double, the blades and the they're like this yeah, big super magnum rooster tail yeah and i'm like god oh, man it, i mean they literally are made out of like eight gauge wire or something you know yeah, nice. yeah we were throwing this uh whopper plopper on steroids it's called uh this company called lake x they make them and basically it's just like a giant whopper plopper they make one uh one's called the dr evil they have another one called the fat bastard the guy's a big austin powers fan i guess so um, so we were throwing Dr. Evils and one of them looked like a giant bumblebee, but yeah, like, uh, about the size of my microphone here. So if that gives you, and, and that's the size of bait, but the, the, they eat ducks. I mean, they'll, they'll come up and swallow a whole mallard. They're like, rah, 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 you know, gone. And you'll see like a head float down the river and you're like, what well, got that? That's probably a muskie or a pike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about, uh, what you're doing fishing wise, everything else, um. What's your future plans looking like uh, over the next, uh, we'll just, we'll just keep it to a year. Not, we're not doing the five or 10 year plan, but what, what do you got planned this year? Yeah. So I'm fishing, uh, I'm fishing five kayak tournaments this year uh, on the Moyak series. And um, I'm going to fish one of the all Americans. 
which is another kayak series, but it's like a regional kayak series, just to kind of get my feet wet with that. Moex is like a one-day tournament. They're kind of local in Missouri. And then the All-American series is like a regional, and it's their two-day tournaments. So um, I'm going to fish those. I, honestly, like the, the schedule just keeps like filling up with, you know, we got people from Texas coming up here this summer. Eco wants to do a retreat. Old 18 wants to do a retreat. Third Eye Fishing wants to do a retreat. Uh, pile that on, you know, work and, and um, family. You know, it's almost like I, I, I'm not going to be able to come up for air this year, which is fine. I, I much prefer to be busy than to be bored you know, but, um, this year is kind of my, uh, see where I'm at year when it comes to tournament fishing, uh, so that I can, you know, like I told you this year, I wanted to work on my winter fishing and catching bass in the winter. Well, what I want basically from this year is one to continue to improve on my content creation, which I, I feel like I am, you know, I feel like I'm miles from where I started with that but also to kind of see where I am as a fisherman and then figure out what my weaknesses are so I can work on those for next year. And then hopefully if I have an okay season in the Moyak, maybe I'll fish more all Americans next year and eventually be able to fish at like a national level, uh, bass master type, you know, kayak bass master tournament or something like that. So but yeah, so, I'm, I'm a big fan of baby steps, man. So I know, I know this stuff takes time. I'm not going to be an overnight one hit wonder or whatever. It's just, it just takes hard work and working on your weaknesses. So the Moyak, is that, um, I'm a little ignorant of how all the kayak bass fishing goes. So is the Moyak like a division of the KBF or is the KBF a completely different entity? It's a KBF affiliated. Okay. League. So they have certain number of slots that, uh, based off like, like last year they had a, basically a tournament where if you won the tournament, you got a invite to the national championship. And then I think they have a certain number of people, uh, you know, when you finish X number towards angler of the year, you can qualify for the, the Bassmaster classic or whatever. So it is a KBF affiliate. Rad dude. Well, Brandon, we won't keep you all night, man. And thanks so much, honestly, dude. So the one last thing that, uh, you know, I said I was going to bring up something you said, and you, you said a little bit here, uh, but you're not, you know, I'm, I'm going to jack this all up, but you said something along the lines of you're not guaranteed tomorrow, someday, or sometime. And you are constantly grinding and getting it done, and you've got that ambition. And it's, a, <clears throat> it's, it's a, you can just feel it, dude. Like, so I'm so stoked to see how your tournament year goes and like everything you got going on, dude. You and me both. <clears throat> At the end of the day, John, all of this is about relationships. You don't leave this planet with fishing rods or, or poles. The, the impact you have on people is what your legacy is. So, you know, people say, hey, you know, you're super nice and you're super humble and, you know, and it's crazy now that like, I, I'm out fishing local waters and I run into people and they're like, hey, are you dust off fishing? I follow you on Instagram, you know? And it's like, it's crazy to me because, you know, uh, you just have a, an impact on 
you don't even you don't even know so um if i could if i could just tell anybody that's listening just be be a good person like just be nice to people and they ask you for something and you don't want to give it to them just tell them you know i think uh you and i talked about this but you know the the only two things you have is like your your word and um your integrity you know and so you just gotta you just gotta be an honest broker with people you know and and uh you and i have had some um cool moments you know over over the last year you know you've shared some of your your accomplishments with me you know i don't know if your listeners know but you know uh are you still in school or not but anyway you started started school this year and you had like a 3.8 gpa and you know you you're going through some 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 things but you're still finding a way to get you know work and family and all that stuff uh you're a, now you're a paid fly tire for some kind you know you said hey i'm a i'm a whatever and i said is that good you seem happy <laughs> you know and so um you know you say i grind but you do the same thing you know and, and brian does too you know um it's easy it's easy to believe in people when when they always reward you with uh be, you being right basically you know it just takes them to see it so it's easy to believe in you john because you you do a damn good job so you well know, thanks dude <laughs> I, I don't think you i don't think you saw that you know and so uh i knew the minute that i asked you for some baits and you sent me some extra ones that uh we were going to be friends you know so uh and I, I honestly when i first met you pictured you as like an old old gray-haired fat man uh, <laughs> you were not you're not so anyway. <laughs> well brandon you know uh, uh, this has been so much fun and, and it just goes to extenuate our friendship from uh you know now now uh now that you remind me yeah it's been more like uh, a year and a half of of good solid friendship sharing a lot of really cool stuff you sharing all you know so much of what you do with everybody else in the world and being so open and accepting and i think one of the things that i have to say is that uh, you know we have we have our our instagram fishing family and and we're all over the place but i really think that if I step back and I look at everything uh, in the big picture, um, you know, a lot of us are there and together because of you. You really helped to bring in that community together to foster that the the good parts of people, not the negativity. And and I think that you know, when when John and I started this podcast, we were we were actually kind of angry about some stuff going on, uh, and it was. And I think that the anger didn't come from necessarily the people that were doing it, but it was because we had such cool friends and we're like, what's up with these people? Why, you know, why, why are they like this? And, and I think a lot of that is because of yourself and the way that you communicate with everybody and the way that you uh, connect with the rest of the community. So, you know, this is, this is such a privilege and pleasure for us to have you on here because you are such a huge part of the fishing community, especially our community on Instagram. But also just to have a, a good person on to set such a good example for so many people in the angling community, it, it's so important to have people down to earth and, and 
you're down to earth, even though you fly high in the sky for a job, you're down to earth. And, and it's just this super cool thing. I, I can't thank you enough for taking, you know, some time out just to come on here and talk to us. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's my privilege, you know, so um, well, let's do it again sometime, you know, it'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> well, well, Brandon, where can everybody find you, dude? Yeah, so hey, um, dustoff underscore fishing on Instagram, dustoff fishing on YouTube, dustoff fishing on TikTok. Um, you know, and, and next week I'm leaving for a school in Pennsylvania, so I'm, I'm looking forward to some uh, some fishing on the East Coast. I'm going to be fishing with a guy named Cody Lockwood a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> that in and of itself is going to be an adventure. And, um, and Brian, you said something that you said, um, something about being a role model. I have a lot of young, young people that reach out to me and ask me stuff. I got a kid that asked me if he should buy a truck and what I think of like, what I like the motor of this truck or the price, or what I think about this rod or you know, or he'll tell me like, you know, his max deadlift was, you know, he got it today and he's excited. And like, that is the thing that makes this social media thing so great. It's not, um, you know, not all the pats on the back on the posts, but it's like the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's like having this conversation with you, fishing with guys like Cody and Russ, talking to these kids about, uh, I had one kid, somebody posted, if you could fish with anybody in the world, who would you fish with? And one kid said, dust off fishing. Oh, that's so cool. You know? And so like that, if that doesn't like melt your heart, I, I don't know what does. So it kind of makes it all worth it. The early mornings, the late nights, the hours and hours and hours on the water or in the phone. When somebody says something like that, you know, how could you not love it? So anyway, I, I'm done rambling, but I appreciate you fellers for having me on. I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time. I listen to, I especially like the one with Marty Nymphtastic, who by the <laughs> way, I'm going yeah. to fish with Marty uh, when I'm in Pennsylvania, uh, thanks to you guys. So, uh, and maybe even Frankie, who is a wild man Schoenfeld. Schoenfeld, yeah. <laughs> I might Frankie too, so. It's going to be an adventure. Everybody just get on the, on the, on the page and follow along. It's going to be fun. You best watch out. Marty will get you on some fish where you ain't going to want to leave. <laughs> I bet he will. I bet he will. I'm going to use, I'm going to use that rod you helped me buy. All right. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks again for listening. And uh, you can find us at Working Class Fishing on Instagram, Working Class Fishing Podcast, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Working Class Fishing on TikTok. We've got all that stuff going now. Uh, if you've got any questions um, or just general inquiries or you want to come on and tell some uh, tall tales and flat out lies with us, you come on, shoot us a message. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>